in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. About 45 minutes ago in Matins, we, uh, we didn't do away with uh, leave the birthday of the Mother of God, Mary, but we turned towards the elevation of the cross. And uh, Wednesday night, we're going to celebrate the elevation of the cross, and I want to get you ready for it, so I've asked Valerie in the choir to sing for you the communion hymn for Thursday, Wednesday night because that's what the homily is going to be about. And whether you're here Wednesday night or not, you'll be blessed. So, Valerie, let's hear that communion hymn. Thank you, thank you, and while they're getting a chance to sit down, let me just explain what's happening today. Uh, first of all, there was a little bit of odd language in what they sang, and I'll get to that later. Uh, it, it, there's something they, and I asked her to do it, uh, it's, it's just a little bit different language, and, and uh, maybe you heard it, but we'll get to that. But secondly, I have a couple of things in mind today. You know, normally I'm moderately well organized when I do a homily, and a number of you know that I like to have three points in my homilies. Uh, I don't have anything like that today because I've decided, besides uh, giving a homily on the communion hymn uh, and uh, what that all means, at the same time, I'd like to teach you how to mine scripture. Because this morning, I think you will be blessed if, I, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you how this homily came about. And if I were going to give a title to it, the title would be, you need to have, you need to have the Lord looking at you. And you need to be looking at the Lord. That's really important. You need to be looking at the Lord, and you need him looking at you. That's more important, by the way, than you looking at him. But you want that. Now, uh, here's how this homily started. It started on uh, August the 31st. Uh, and I, I was reading some of the uh, six psalms from Matins. I've been a priest for 30-some years. And I have missed Matins probably about a dozen times. So I've heard those six psalms for 30-some years. And sometimes, just like you, I zone out. But sometimes I do listen to them. So about two months ago, I said, I'm going to start working with those six psalms, just reading them. Now, don't feel sorry for me, but this is when I do it. It's usually done between 12.30 in the morning and 3 in the morning because every single night I am awake between somewhere but for a couple of hours between 12 and 3. Uh, and don't feel sorry for me. I love being awake. I love it. It's the best time of my day. 
It's quiet. And for some reason, things happen that don't happen at any other time. So I've been reading these psalms over and over and over again for a couple of months. And uh, on August 31st, I read this psalm. Uh, it's in the last one, Psalm 143.7. Answer me quickly, O Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will become like those who go down to the pit. And I looked at that, and I looked at it as if I'd never seen it before. At least something about it. Answer me quickly, O Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me. David is assuming that the Lord is looking at him. That's what it says. Don't hide your face from me. Whoa, I thought, that's remarkable. It's astonishing. David thinks God's looking at him. And the truth is, David looks at God, too. In another one of the six Psalms, we read, oh, it's a Psalm of David. Oh, God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for me. Thy, my flesh yearns for thee. Uh, as after the living God, thus I have beheld you in the sanctuary. I have beheld, beheld you in the sanctuary to behold your power and your glory. I looked at you, and you look at me. Well, now I want to show you something. Father Nicholas, would you please stand up? Because you and I are going to spend some quality time. No, stay right there. Don't get any closer. We'd, I don't want this too close. Now, would you do me a favor, and would you look at the back door? Now, while he's looking at the back door, I'm looking over here. I'm looking at that door. Now, Father Nicholas, this is really quality time we're spending together, isn't it? You know, we need to spend more quality time together. Uh, I think most of you know that Father Nicholas and I are extremely good friends. And we spend quality time together, and this is the way we do it. You can sit down. <laughs> That's ridiculous, isn't it? You know how we spend quality time together? Well, amongst other things, every Tuesday afternoon at 4 o'clock we meet. And we don't meet like that. We look at each other. He looks at me and I look at him. We spend quality time. You look at each other face to face. Well, that really fired me up. And then I thought, whoa, I don't want God. I want God to be looking at me. Because if he doesn't like me, if he's not looking at me, I'm going to be like those who go down to the pit. And I don't want to go down to the pit. You ever been in the pits? Well, I've been in the pits. Yeah, I don't like those kind of pits, but I don't like the ultimate kind of pit either. Neither one. So, uh, I was just really fired up. I love that. Uh, do not hide your face from me or I will become like those who go down to the pit. Well, then, I don't know why. You know, you, when you're mining scripture, you just sort of let things go. And I got to thinking about this, looking face to face, and then, do you know, the word countenance came to my mind. Do you know what a countenance is? It's your face. That's what a countenance is. It's your face. 
maybe the expression of your face. It's what, it's, it's what you're communicating in your face, your countenance. Look it up in the dictionary. It just says a person's face. Okay, so I, the word countenance came to my mind. Oh, I like that. And then you'll sort of smile at what came to me next. Now, it didn't quite happen this way. Okay, I mean, uh, it did happen like this, but you'll understand. I heard my granddaughter, Catherine, singing. You heard her at 2 in the morning? Sort of. I heard her singing, The light of thy countenance has shone on us. You say, did you hear her? You, under, you understand me, don't you? You understand how I heard her? I've heard her sing it. Now, how come it was Catherine? How come it wasn't Valerie or Byrne or somebody else? Because she's my granddaughter. Of course. No, it, but that's the truth. I heard in, in, my, in, the, in, the, in my spiritual ears, I heard Catherine sing, chant, the light of thy countenance has shone on us. And I thought, whoa, I'm going to search some more about countenance. So I got my mining shovel out, my pick and my shovel, and I looked first in the six psalms, and then I went beyond the six psalms to find scriptures that speak of the light of God's counsel, countenance. And so to get the first one in case, because I don't I gotta watch the time here, but you know, the there's this marvelous uh scripture from Numbers chapter six, and we call it Aaron's blessing, uh Moses' brother. And Moses' brother Aaron is the high priest uh when the children of Israel are out in the wilderness. And uh, he says, and you've heard this. Uh, I, how many times did I hear this? Uh, most of you know my father was a Presbyterian minister, and of course he did a benediction at the end of every service. And how many times during those 17-some years that I was at home did I hear him say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Uh, I say it most days of my life. Lift up his countenance. Lift up his what? Talk to me. Countenance. Or his face. Lift up his countenance. Lift up his face. Okay, now there's others. I'll just give you, there's quite a few. I looked them all up, I think, because I have a pretty good search program. And uh, Psalm 89, 15. How blessed are the people who know the joyful sound Oh, Lord, they walk in the light of your countenance. Or uh, Psalm 80, verse 3. Oh, God, restore us and cause your face to shine upon us and we will be saved. Oh, that's remarkable. Well, back to the communion hymn. Now, what they sang was a little different than in any English translation you will read, with the exception of only one that I know of, well, two, it, it, you'll see. It's, uh, 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 let the light of your countenance shine on us. But what the choir sang 
was let the light of your countenance be, has been shined, has been signed, S-I-G-N-E-D, signed upon us. Isn't that odd? The light of your countenance signed on us? What could it possibly mean? You know, I'm moderate in Greek, and I looked them all up. I even looked up the Hebrew and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, okay, there's only one, there's only one uh, document where it says signed upon us. The Septuagint. Our Greek Bible. That's what we use. So if you go to the Archdiocesan website and get the service for Wednesday night, it's going to say, the light of thy countenance has been shined on us. If you look at the Orthodox Study Bible, it's going to say, the light of thy countenance has been signed on us. Whoa. What does that mean? When, are we gonna, when do we sing this? You, can, you know when we're going to sing it. We're going to sing it Wednesday night. What's the service Wednesday night? The elevation of the cross. Now, if you look at the music for the elevation of the cross, oh boy, it's remarkable. But and all the you know all the uh, prokimena and uh, all the verses and the alleluias, they all have to do with the cross, except this thing. The light of thy countenance has been signed on us. Oh, it does have to do with the cross. You know, I, I honestly think it was taken out of context when the service, when that service was put together. It doesn't have to be in context. A lot of stuff is taken. Uh, a lot of the prokimena and a lot of the alleluias have verses that are, just, that are taken out of context. You know, the context, it's okay. I, I, I was going to read you the context, but it, it wouldn't tickle your soul. Uh, it, it, they just, the reason it was taken, because it said the light of his countenance is signed on us. Look at me. Look at me. The light of his countenance is signed. It's the sign of the cross. Where, any place ever, is the light of his countenance more shown on you than when he was on the cross. That's the consummate shining of his light upon us when he's on the cross. And that's why we're going to sing it Wednesday night. I know a lot of you can't be here. That's okay. The light of his countenance is still going to shine on you. Oh, doesn't that bless your soul? The light of his countenance has been signed on us. How grand, how glorious. Matthew, when he is telling of the, trans the transfiguration of Christ, says that his face shone. His countenance shone like the sun. And Luke says that the appearance of his face changed. 
what did they see? They saw the light of his countenance and the light of the countenance of the eternal Son of the Father, particularly at the cross, has been signed upon us. That's our salvation. That's everything that we need to be saved. That's why another, that other psalm says, shine the light of your countenance on us and we will be saved. Because at the cross, the light of his countenance was signed on us. You need to be looking at Jesus face to face and you need him looking at you. The, the icons help, by the way. They really do. They'll help you. You need to look at him, and he will look at you, and that is what we call a personal relationship with Christ. It's personal. It's face to face. This is not some little oozy glow some impersonal fuzzy light. It's face to face, says St. Paul, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we also, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being changed from one degree of glory to another through the Lord who is the Spirit. May the light of his countenance continue to be signed upon you.